I'd like to introduce our speaker for today, Shira. Great. Hi, everyone. I'm Shira. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, thank you so much, Nancy, for asking me to speak today and for giving me the opportunity to do service. Um, and welcome to those who are new to the program. Um, I'm going to just qualify a little bit to let you know. Um, well, I definitely qualified to be here. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a compulsive dieter, um, body image obsessor, all of the above. Um, uh, my first meeting was November 11th, 2012. I gratefully became absent a couple weeks later. Um, and so I've maintained uh, or I've been absent for a little over eight years since November 25th, 2012. And I'm maintaining about a 30, 35 pound weight loss, which um, I don't know why I did not have more to lose considering the amount of food I was consuming, but that's my story. So um, hopefully I'll say something today that, that resonates with you. And if not, just please keep coming back because this program saved my life. Um, so there's one thing that I wanted to read from first from the 12, the OA 12 and 12 second edition um, step two. And this, when I read this, you know, towards my, you know, when I first came in, I was floored because not only did it, well, let me read it to you first. <laughs> under the compulsion to overeat many, and this is on page nine, under the compulsion to overeat, many of us have done things no sane person would think of doing driven miles in the dead of night to satisfy craving for food. We've eaten food that was frozen, burnt, stale, or even dangerously spoiled. We've eaten food off other people's plates, off the floor, and off the ground. We have dug food out of the garbage and eaten it. So it's like, not only did somebody else do what I did with food, but enough people did it that it was, that it was printed in a book. And I was just absolutely shocked and it was so nice to know that I was no longer alone because this is such an isolated disease. And I didn't know anyone who had the relationship with food that I did, which was unhealthy from a very young age, you know, as far back as I can remember, I had an unhealthy relationship with food, meaning I lived my life meal to meal. That's all I thought about. Um, and the eating food off other people's plates, like I just remember a little bit before I got in a program, I was out like at a team dinner and this one woman was eating so slowly and, and like I scarfed my meal down in like minutes. She was eating so slowly and like talking to other people. And I just, I'm like, I just was like, is she going to eat that? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to eat it if she doesn't eat it really soon. But I was polite and waited, but I was just so nice to know that I wasn't alone and then that there's a solution to this insanity that there's something that can restore me to sanity um the thing that I also like about this so you know it says just a few things that we have done we as of as compulsive overeaters have done but it relates a lot so our program was based off of AA and from the big book and I'm not what some people call big book thumper but more about alcoholism, which begins on page 30, is one of my favorite chapters because it relates to compulsive eating so much, like to a T. So on page 30, it says, I just, it really, it really speaks to me. So the delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe 
has to be smashed. So the delusion that I can eat like a normal person, I have to forget that. We alcoholics are men and women who have lost the ability to control our drinking. We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control, but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control, which led in time to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. We are convinced to a man that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. Over any considerable period, we get worse, never better. So this delusion that I'm like other people, that I can eat like other people, it's just, it's untrue. I am sick. I'm a someone who will never fully recover, never have control over, over my food. Um, the, these glimpses of control, what, what, you know, dieting felt good, but there was always an end point. I, there was always like, once I reached this weight or once I, once something happened, um, then, then I was back in the food in that pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. I mean, that described me to a T. What got me into the rooms is I could not stop eating. I could not stop eating. And I said that to a friend and she was like, oh, well, have you ever tried thought of Overeaters Anonymous? And like, I knew that it worked. I didn't know, but I was like, ah, no. And she's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Maybe you'll meet a friend. And I, so I came and I, I, I gained more than a friend. I gained a huge fellowship. And not only that, this peace of mind that this compulsion can be lifted. So further on, more about alcoholism, page 31. Again, this, this chapter is just like, it could, it, it could, it just translates very well to food. So so it talks about how they try to control their drinking. So here are the methods we have tried. Drinking beer only, limiting the number of drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home, never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours, drinking only at parties, switching from scotch to brandy, drinking only natural wines, agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job, taking a trip, not taking a trip, swearing off forever with and without a solemn oath, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to health farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitment to asylums. We could increase the list ad infinitum. And um, yeah, so methods I have tried, um, not eating dinner, um, not eating after three o'clock, not eating probably before three o'clock, um, not eating uh, sugar, eating only sugar-free, um, basically having a big meal in the morning and then a small lunch and no dinner, um, weight loss programs galore, hypnosis. Um, I wanted to gain weight so I could get gastric bypass. Um, I convinced doctors to give me diet pills. And the thing is, I <laughs> appetites, I could never figure out why appetite suppressants didn't work. But it's because I wasn't, it wasn't about being hungry. I just wanted food. I just wanted that, you know, whatever to take the edge off. And so it had nothing to do with appetite. It was all about emotions and feeling connected with something, which was food. And, um, and it just, yeah. So of course, appetite suppressants didn't work. It, the, when I had mono, uh, I was like 16 and my dad was like, 
Well, I knew something was wrong because Sheer wasn't, Sheer didn't eat. And it's like the only time I ever like wasn't eating as, you know, as an adolescent. And it's just like very true. Like there was never really a time that I wasn't eating. Um, and so, you know, what I, I like reading that because it reminds me of the insanity of my disease. It reminds me also that this disease is progressive, that it doesn't go away, um, that it's, it's very, my disease is very good at um, impersonating my higher power. It's very good at impersonating um, just anything. It's just, it is my self-will run right. It, so I know that I've, I, God forbid, leave this program. It is there waiting for me without a doubt. Um, wanting me to think I could do this on my own, wanting to think that it's not that bad. Um, you know, what is, you know, what's wrong with a little extra weight? There's so many um, justifications that it comes up with for that. Oh, you don't need this. You could do this. It's not that big of a deal or everyone has a food problem. And it's like, no, that is not true. Um, and the reason I know that's not true is why my, my disease is, you know, obsession of the mind and allergy of the body is because of things other people, normal eaters do or don't do. And it's, they don't know how much stuff is in their pantry right now. They don't know how much, um, you know, how many ice cream bars their brothers and sisters got. And I, you know, and I didn't, they don't keep score like that. Um, they don't have many, memorized and they have to pretend that they're ordering for four people when they're only ordering for one so I just wanted to say also like what it's like now um which is so like I said I've been in program and absent a little over eight and a half years and my program has you know changed quite a bit it's it evolved so like my first you know first part of program it was like I knew exactly what my binge food foods were and I knew I had to stay away from them and then that list kept growing and I don't think it's because I developed a new allergy I just think I developed more willingness five left thanks Nancy um, more willingness to give up those foods so um, that list has grown and grown over the years um, I also never wanted to weigh and measure my food or pre-commit my food because I felt like I spent so much time on diets gave the food so much power. And then what I didn't know is that pre-committing my food or weighing and measuring was actually a form of freedom. So I don't have to think about my meal. I don't have to wonder if I had enough because I've weighed my, and measured my food. Um, my brain can't trick me into saying like, well, you didn't have enough dinner. Well, actually I had the amount that I had um, committed and the exact amount that I weighed, weighed and measured. So it's just this freedom is one less way for my disease to try and get in there. Um, and I just also have to say, it's just, I'm really grateful that with this program and in this pandemic, you know, there's been a lot of, I mean, luckily we're at the tail end of this, but it's like, there was a lot of stuff on social media about people gaining weight and, um, and if that's your story, I'm just glad that you're here, but I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to 
figure out how to spend my time and, oh no, I'm home all the time. How am I going to do that with a refrigerator? I had a program. So I ate my three meals, you know, I ate my two snacks and that's that. And also just say, I went from three meals and two optional snacks to three meals and one to two not optional snacks, three meals to one snack, three meals to no snacks. And now I'm back to three meals and two not optional snacks. And it's just, things have changed, you know, but I was, sometimes things change. And that's what's great about this program is it is flexible to my need, to what my needs are and also what my willingness is at the time. So yeah, I'm just grateful that I didn't have to do this um, alone. Um, this meaning the pandemic, but I also didn't have to, I didn't have to struggle with, with my food alone either anymore. I, I have so many um, friends and fellows in this program that I know I can turn to um, if necessary. Um, so I think that's about everything. I just, again, I wanna just say that insanity was, was there the obsession has been lifted. It's not fully gone all the time. Some days it's less than others. Some days it's hardly there. Some days I'm really, really disappointed when my dinner is done still. But at the end of the day, I know I don't have to keep eating. I don't have to eat over my feelings. And I can just, you know, one day at a time, work the, use the tools, work the steps, and, um, and I'll be relieved of that obsession. So thank you so much.